So them home towners right there for me, amen. amen. Amen, all the way from my hometown. And it's just so good to have y'all with us as well. Amen. Amen, Zion. Amen. On this 55th, amen, anniversary, amen, of God's faithfulness to New Zion. I want to turn your attention to a passage of scripture, scripture nestled in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. All right. All right. The book of Revelation, chapter 3. Amen. When you reach the book of Revelation in chapter 3, you will find your passage here in verse 7 and in verse 8. And it reads as follows. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have sat before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. I want to talk to you a few moments from the thought. 21st century church life. 21st century church life. We are living in a time where people are not concerned about church. I hear too many times that we make excuse for our small numbers. But today I want to lift up a passage to you to let you know that God is not concerned about the number. All right, all right. I want you to be encouraged that no matter how few or how many, it's not about us in the first place. Yeah. It's all about God. And I love mathematics, and so I, I begin to look at the mathematical concept called infinity. It is a symbol that represents a number that you cannot reach because it's never exhausted. It's not finite. You can't find this end. It's infinity. It's without end. And I found out in the word of God that we serve an infinite God. All right, all right. And the last time I checked, anything times infinity is infinity. Mm -hmm. The only thing that turns into nothing is nothing. Right. So zero times infinity is nothing. But any number, whether how infinitesimally small, right. is still 
infinity. Why do you say that, preacher, today? Because I want you to know, no matter how small you are, you serve an infinite God that has infinite power, that has infinite effect. So if you just take the little you have and put it with the lot he has, it's an infinite possibility. I I want the saints of God to to quit complaining about the small numbers. Because God works in remnants. Mm -hmm. In our Sunday school lesson, we were finding, if you saw, between the lines, God was working to bring about a remnant anyhow. He said that they were to wait upon the Lord as he assembled all of the kingdoms at which he was going to pour out his wrath. There was a large number that would get his wrath, but a small number that would be saved. Stop looking at your number and start looking at the Lord. When we look at the text, Jesus is saying to John to write to the church at Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love. Mm -hmm. The church at Philadelphia was a small church. Wasn't big and it wasn't metropolitan, amen. It was a small church. Uh, This church in Asia Minor, which is now modern day Turkey, was a small church, but a significant church, not because of their number and strength, but because of how God viewed their faithfulness. When the text opens up here, God says, these things says, he who is holy. He he who is set apart, he who is like none other. Mm -hmm. You cannot compare God to anything. Because God is in a class all by himself. You look at the text, he said, he who is true. See, folk are going around philosophically trying to figure out what is truth. But you find truth when you find the Lord. There's no falseness, there's no deception in him. He who is true. If you want to find the true way, you want to find the true riches, you want to find the true word, you're going to have to find it in Jesus. You can't find it in Buddha. You can't find it in Confucius. You can't find it in idols and cars and land and big houses. You got to find it in Jesus. You can't find it in politicians. You can't find it in presidents. You can't find it in kings, but you got to find it in Jesus. So the text says to us that he who has the key of David. Some of you might remember that we talked at one point about the covenants. We talked about the Noahic covenant and we talked about the Abrahamic covenant. We talked about the Davidic covenant. We talked about the Mosaic covenant and we talked about the new covenant. Uh, But here we talk about the Davidic covenant. The Davidic covenant was a covenant between God and David that he'd have an everlasting name. That his throne would never end. So this text says the one who has the key to all of that is the one who speaks. Because David was not a source of eternity in himself, but the source of eternity was him who says write these things. Uh The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and 
the end. And his name is Jesus. He, he has the power to keep an eternal covenant. And this God that I'm talking about, this man and God, 100% man, 100% God, Jesus Christ is a covenant keeper. He's not a man that he should lie. And he's also one that cannot die. That's good news because whatever he promised, he will fulfill. And there ain't no devil in hell that can stop him. So we look at the text and we find that he who opens and no one shuts. And shuts and no one opens. When I read these words, I am reminded of how how man and the society wants to make themselves the captain of their own ship. They want to make themselves the king of their own kingdom. Some of them even want to make themselves God of their own universe and their own realm. But this text lets me know that now there's somebody higher than them. When they think they're going to do this and that, it's up to the Lord whether he will open the door or shut it. But it's also good news for those whom he loves who are faithful to his name that what he opens, no man can shut. What he closes, no man can open. See, there's some folk that probably on some of your jobs and there's some folk who, who, who mean evil towards you, mean to shut you down, mean to stop you from prospering, but God will shut the door on their nonsense. And he will allow you to move through swiftly because he's got a plan for your life. He has a providence and a destiny that they can't come against because you serve the Lord. And there are some doors that men will scratch their heads when it's open to you and you just walk on through. Because we serve a sovereign God. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, where he wants to do it, and with whom he wants to do it with. Oh, I get happy right there because I'm glad that that God is the God that I serve. Amen. So we look at the text. In verse 8, he says, I know your works. For the believer, that's good news. Because sometimes we can begin to become discouraged because it seems like we're not making enough traction. It seems like enough effect is not happening, Brother Jimmy. Amen. But God says, I know your works. No matter how big or how small, he's not counting that, but he's counting all your faithful. He says, I know what you do in the dark. And I know what you do in the light, Sister Harding. He says, I know what you do when folk don't see you, and I know what you do when folk see you. He is an omnipotent God. He's an omniscient God, and he's an omnipresent God. That means he got all power in his hand. He knows all things, and he's everywhere at all times. So you must be encouraged today. That no matter how small the work that you are doing for the Lord, and if nobody gives you any accolades, Sister Jackie, you just keep on doing it. You don't worry about whether folks give you a pat on your back. You worry about whether the Lord is pleased in what you are doing. Because I found out he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
He is the one. And I found out his reward is not like the fleeting rewards of this world. I found out that his rewards are true riches. His rewards are riches that thieves cannot break in and steal. His rewards are riches and things that moth cannot corrupt, amen, nor rust can destroy. The Lord, he knows our works. Don't you get discouraged when folk laugh at what you're doing or they think of it as insignificant and brush you off. You don't worry about that. You just stay faithful to the Lord. See, this is a small church and God is going to speak to Philadelphia because undoubtedly they was getting some of that brush off too. They were one of the seven churches that was written to. They may not have been big as Ephesus, amen. They may not have been in an in a industrial, in a, in a high commercial zone, but they were still important to God. You may not be the richest. You may not be the most eloquent. You may not have come from the best background, but you are still important to God. You were so important to God that one Friday evening, he died for you. Now, I don't know about you, but anybody dying for me makes me feel awfully important. Now, here is the one who knew no sin, who had every right to say, that's all right, y'all go to hell on your own. But he died. He died because he decided through his good pleasure to look down on us and have compassion on us. He demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's good news, saints of God. Because we now have a way out of no way. We were helpless. We were caught up and couldn't get out. (laughs) But Jesus made a way out of no way. He unlocked the cage and let the birds fly and sing. Hallelujah. So we look at this text at this small church. Jesus says, I know your works. I'm not missing anything. I know where you are. I know what you're doing. Yeah, Yeah, I know people scandalizing your name. I know folk talking about you. I know folk laughing and making fun, but I know your works. And these are the works that I'm happy about. These are the works that I am proud of. These are the works that give me pleasure. He said, look at the text, y'all. See, I have set before you an open door. Deacon Johnson, he said before him, not a closed door, but an open door. And no one can shut it. We say it all the time, but we need to be reminded what God has for us, it is for us. Nobody can do anything with that, right? They can't take it away. God's got some blessings. God's got some work. God's got some rewards for you. And he's placed an open door in front of you. You think them opportunities to witness, amen, just come by chaotically or random by chance? No, they are orchestrated by the law. Amen. We find if we read our Bibles carefully, amen, over in the book of Ephesians or the epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 2, we find that he has predestined us to good works. That we should what? Walk in them. The door is open. But we should walk in them. So we got a responsibility. Are we going to walk through it? 
or are we going to stay discouraged? Today I'm saying no discouragement, but all encouragement. All encouragement. Because greater is he that's within you than he is in the world. The Bible said no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He said even when the enemy, when they encamp all around you, he will prepare a table uh-huh. in the midst of them. Yeah. Now you know God know how to show up and show up. The God that we serve says, though the enemies come in like a flood, that he'll raise up a standard against it. It don't matter whether it's three or 30,000. When God has already set and predestined your walk, they can come like they want to, but God knows how to stop them just where they are. All the kings of all the kingdoms, all the presidents, all the governments, all of the legislatures, all of the UN council, all of them can come against you. But if God does not allow them to stop you, amen, you can't be stopped. Because anything times infinity is infinity. We just go right on back to them fundamentals. Y'all saw an infinite God. But look at the text. He got this door open. Deacon Johnson, just walk on through. He's got things predestined for you to be able to do. For you have a little strength. Now I like that part there because that helps me a lot right there. Because I don't have to be a Goliath. (laughs) I can be a David. I can be a little shepherd boy with a slingshot. And I can go up against a mighty giant of valor and bring him down with one shot. Yes, sir. You know why? Because the Lord will order your shot. Yeah, yeah. It's the Lord who puts the power behind everything you do. Sometimes we get we get we get frustrated. We try to come with eloquent words. We try to be convincing when we're talking to folks about the Christ. But you know what I done found out? That it's not about so much what we say, but it's about the anointing on what we say. It's about the spirit of God working on those stony hearts. We can't save nobody anyway. The Lord has to do the work. But God is looking for some folks that is faithful enough to carry out the foolishness. Because the Bible says the foolishness of preaching men are saved. Some stuff that don't make sense in the logic class, some stuff that doesn't make sense in the hollowed halls of academia, down at the ivory towers of Yale and Oxford and Harvard, it don't make sense, but it's saving souls every day. Even though we live in a, a place where it seems like it's out of control, feel like everybody's doing anything and everything, God is still saving. And God is saying today to us that even if it's just a few, that's all right. Because he's doing the work anyhow. He's just looking for some folks that'll follow him. He's just looking at some folks that'll believe on him. He said, if you have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved and it shall be moved. You can say to the fig tree, be uprooted and cast into the sea. Because it's not so much about who we are, but the God we serve. Look at the text. He says, you have little strength. But he says, you, you kept my word, though. See, see uh, sometimes we think that we got to have large amounts of money and we got to have big 
edifices and we got to have all of these, these connections. And God said, no, no, uh, nowhere in this text you're going to find any of that. No, he said, you kept my word. God is looking for a few folks that are keep his word. So many folks ain't keeping God's word. So many folks are, are polluting and, 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 and dirtying the word of God with their hypocritical lifestyle. Coming to church, amen, looking churchy, but really it's all about a business deal. It's all about making connections. But then when they go back out, they're being as, as, as lustful and, and they're being as evil as always. Doing dirty deals and mistreating folks and oppressing people, but then saying hallelujah on Sunday. But the motives behind that is wrong. And I found out that the Lord can see past that surface level stuff. The Lord can see inside and see the motives. God says, I test the mind. But God is looking for a few people that will keep his word. As Pastor Collins just referred to, Jesus said, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. You know, I heard on a, on a program one day that uh, one pastor was saying that the undeniable, infallible sign that you are saved are speaking in tongues. Yeah. I have to stand here today and, and refute that, amen, and, and say that that must be corrected. Because just because you speak in tongues does not mean that you're saved. The Bible says that there are gifts without repentance. Romans chapter 11. But what I do see in the word of God is that if you love me, as Reverend Collins said, that Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. The undeniable, infallible truth that you are saved, that sign is obedience. And God hits it right on the head here in verse 8. He said, you have kept my word. That's it. He's looking for some folk to be obedient. And he's looking to show his power through some obedient folk. Some folk that will sell out and be faithful to the Lord. The Bible even says in another place, he says, at that day when the servant comes, he says, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over few things. And now I'm going to make you ruler over many. God is looking for some folks to be faithful over few things. Brother McGinnis, over a few things, not a lot, a few things. You ain't got to do everything, but you got to do something. Amen. And be faithful about that. We look at the text. We look at the text and he says, and I have not denied my name. Through the persecution, through the, the, the torture, through the pain of trying to survive in a, in a pagan world. Amen. They didn't deny Jesus' name. We live in a postmodern world today where folk just sees God as nothing. They, they, they're not concerned about him or anything about him. They no longer respect him. They do everything to his church buildings, to his people. That now they, they used to be a little uh, 
uh, ashamed of themselves. Now they used to pick up their dice and stuff and, and hide their drinks. They don't hide it anymore. I was in a gathering a, a, few, a few days ago with so-called Christians and they didn't hide their drink. So you know we're living in postmodern times. But even with that, Sister Brenda, God is looking for a few faithful folks. He's still looking for a remnant that will sell out for the Christ. He's still looking for the here I am, send me. He's still looking for some folks that will not sell out for the, for the culture, for the society, for the whims of the world, but will stay faithful to God. And we see in the text that these people at Philadelphia were around some pretty rough folk. In verse 9, he says, I will indeed make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. There's nothing like being in love covenant with God. These folks who were surrounded, these folks who were around the synagogue of Satan, that's some trouble right there. Some folks perpetrating and masquerading to be Jews and holy, but they were really the devil. They were wolves in sheep's clothing. But God said, I know your works, and he knows theirs too. And he said, that's coming a day, amen, that they're going to worship at your feet. <laughs> And the God we serve is able. So don't, don't get discouraged. Don't, don't get down when folk who's supposed to be saints of God do anything and everything and laugh at you for being holy. You just hold on. Because what God said he would do, he will do. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame enduring the cross. Amen. For you and for me. So as I close in this 21st century church life message, saints, I just want you to know that big things come in small packages. Whatever God has for you to do today, go ahead on and do it. Time is not long and it's winding up. The day is far spent and the night is at hand. We must be diligent to do the work while it is yet day. For night cometh when no man can work. Whatever God has given you, be faithful in that. Keep his word. Show him that you love him, not in word, but in deed. There's a difference between a sad faith and a real faith. But you stay on the battlefield for the Lord. And when we talk about big things that come in small packages, it reminds me of a time in Old Testament history. Moving into the New Testament in which we know. That in a place called Bethlehem, there was a little baby born of a virgin and wrapped in swaddling clothes. I just want to talk to you a moment about little things that do big stuff. I want to talk to you about big things 
in small packages. Yeah. I want to talk to you about a baby that had to be born in a manger. For there was no room for him in the end. I want you to know today that big things come in small packages. I want you to know that this baby grew and grew. At 12 years old, this little baby, who's now 12 years old, begins to reason in the synagogue with the Jewish leaders, confounding their understanding of the word of God. And I want you to know that this small package continued to grow in wisdom and in stature. And one day, at 30 years old, he said, I must be about my father's business. I found out that he started a ministry with 12 men, not 12,000. Big things in small packages. This Jesus and this hairy band of men went from village to village healing the sick, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, giving hearing to those who could not hear. This small group one day was astonished and they said to the master that even demons obey us. Yes, sir. Because it was not about them in the first place. But it was about the infinite God that they served. But the work was done through those little ones. Big things came through. But I want you to know today that that small package born in a place called Nazareth grew up as a carpenter's son. He grew in wisdom and stature in a place that folk thought nothing could come from. I heard one say that is there anything good that can come from Nazareth? What somebody might be saying is there anything good that can come from Kansas City? Is there anything good can come from Texarkana? Is there anything good that can come from McGee, Arkansas? I heard, is there anything good that can come from Tulsa, Oklahoma? But I found out when you got Jesus on your side, the answer is yes. Oh, yes, it is. And I found out that this Jesus, he did not get off the battlefield. Though they lied on him, though they scandalized his name, we find this Jesus at 33 years old in a garden praying for you and for me. In a garden 
having a bitter cup before him. Yeah. He had the cup with my sins and your sins in it. And this Jesus said to his father, he said, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But Jesus was faithful in a few things. He said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will, Father. So he drank of that cup yes, that had me and you in it. Yeah. Had our lying, had our cheating, had our mistreating all in that cup. All in it. And next thing you know, he was betrayed by one of his own disciples. Yeah. He betrayed him with a kiss. And then the Roman guards took my Jesus and your Jesus to six kangaroo courts. Yes, sir. He was in the court of Annas. And they whipped him. Then they took him to the court of Caiaphas. And they whipped him again. And then they took him to the court of the Sanhedrin. Yeah. Whipped him again. Yes, but he didn't say a mumbling word. He went from there to Pilate's court. Yes, sir. From Pilate to Herod. And Herod back to Pilate. Yes, sir. They whipped my Jesus all night long. And they put a crown of thorny thorns on his head. They strapped him to a cross and they led him down the Via Della Rosa, which is the road of suffering. They took him outside the walls of Jerusalem yes, sir. to a place called Gargantus Hill. Yeah. They put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet. And guess what happened? He died for the sins of the world. He hung on that cross from the third to the ninth hour. But they took him down off that old rugged cross and they put him in a ball tomb. He stayed in that grave all night Friday. He stayed in that grave all day Saturday. He stayed in that grave all night Saturday night but it was early before the crickets began to sing it was early before the frogs began to croak it was Look 
Saints of God, don't ever get down on yourself because of numbers. Realize that you serve an infinite God. And if you just obey him and trust him, he will do things through you that you never thought would be done. God specializes in using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Be encouraged, saints of God, today in knowing that God is able. Amen. None came, but there is still plenty of good room. Amen. Amen, saints of God. It's my hope and prayer, amen, that something was said today. Amen. That would encourage you along the way to not give up, but wait on the Lord. Keep fighting a good fight and stay the course. Because there is a crown that is laid up for the faithful that stay faithful to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Once again, so happy to have um, Pastor and Sister Collins here today and Deacon McGinnis and Sister McGinnis. Amen. With us today. All the way from Texarkana. Amen. My, my home city right there. Amen. I need to get back down there and check on some folks. See how things looking down there. Everything all right down there on the Arkansas side? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's just so good to have y'all. Amen. All right. Amen, saints of God. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, amen, let us stand for our benediction. Um, this is our church anniversary, amen, so we have food prepared below as well, amen, for your dining, amen. We're going to pray over it up here, amen, mother, so let them know we're going to pray it up here, amen. amen, amen, pray over the food up here, amen, and then this afternoon, for those who can, we will have Third Baptist, Missionary Baptist Church here with us this evening, Pastor Mac McConnell is some kind of pastor preacher, amen. All right, saints of God. Where he leads me
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for another day to worship your holy name. Lord, we thank you for your kindness and your sweetness, O oh God. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we cannot do anything without you, but we can do everything with you. So Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you bless this congregation. Lord, bless the McGinnis family when they begin their travels going back to Texarkana. Lord, keep them in your perfect care. Bless the Collins family as well, Master, as they travel when they go back over to Kansas side. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for every saint in the, under the sound of my voice as well, O oh God. And Lord, keep us in your perfect peace, O oh God. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we prepare to give in our offering, O oh God. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you bless us. Lord, bless us to give with cheerful hearts. Lord, use these offerings for edification of your church. Lord, and we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and the glory. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you bless the food that is being prepared for us downstairs. Amen. In the fellowship hall. But don't just bless the food, Master. Bless those who also prepared it. Lord, bless them and give them and reward them, O oh God, for their diligent work, O oh God. And Lord, we just want to be careful to give you the praise and glory. Lord, as we get ready to, to move and transition, O oh God, keep us in your perfect peace until we meet again. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus Christ our Lord and the whole church saying, Amen. Amen. Please be seated and obey the ushers.
done going downstairs. I'm gonna go get her. She said this. She said this. Like she was. She was. She was part of this. We born like Arkansas. Yeah. I always like to talk to people. I like talking to people that born in the place. In a place. That's right. I love talking to people that were born in Kansas Sure they, they're set over there on, on the table and take care of, okay? All right. Okay, thank you. Dude.